Something to note, all myths have many versions and variations. For this episode, we've selected those we feel are the most dramatic and entertaining and supplemented them with additional research into the Lakota Nation's traditions. Because mythology comes from oral tradition, there's a wide variety across sources. Our myths may not always be the version you're familiar with, but we hope you'll enjoy them. It was a sweltering summer. The two young hunters, Akichita and Enape, climbed a tall, unshaded hill. Their muscles ached with each movement. Sweat glistened from every pore. Finally, when they made it to the top, Akichita extended his arms as a cool breeze hit him. Enape did not know how much longer he would last. Akichita, please, let us turn back. If we go any further, I fear we will not survive. No, Enape. We made a vow to our chief. A vow to save our people from starvation. Don't you want to prove yourself? Their conversation was interrupted by dark clouds, which hovered eerily over the two men. They cautiously moved forward, suddenly wishing the sun would show its face again. Then, with a crack of thunder, a figure appeared in the clouds. Do you see that? It can't be. Can it? This didn't seem possible. A rare white buffalo had appeared in the sky above them. But as they neared the distant figure, it transformed from a buffalo into something else entirely. It was not an animal, but a young maiden. Welcome to Mythology, a ParCast original. Every Tuesday, we present dramatic stories from ancient mythology and explore their origins. I'm your host and narrator, Vanessa Richardson. You can find all episodes of Mythology and all other ParCast originals for free on Spotify or wherever you listen to podcasts. To stream Mythology for free on Spotify, just open the app, tap Browse, and type Mythology in the search bar. At ParCast, we're grateful for you, our listeners. You allow us to do what we love. Let us know how we're doing. Reach out on Facebook and Instagram at ParCast and Twitter at ParCast Network. And if you enjoy today's episode, the best way to help us is to leave a five-star review wherever you're listening. It really does help. This is our first episode on the White Buffalo Calf Woman, a Lakota deity who is said to bring good fortune. Today, we're telling the story of two Lakota hunters, Akichita and Enape, who encounter the white buffalo calf woman and bring her to their tribe. Next week, we'll continue to follow the story as the white buffalo calf woman bestows sacred gifts and traditions upon the Lakota. Two guys drove to work. Neither guy wore a seatbelt. One guy got a ticket. One guy didn't. The same two guys drove home. One guy wore his seatbelt. One guy didn't. One guy made it home. The guy not wearing his seatbelt didn't. Don't risk it. Click it or ticket.
Paid for by NHTSA. Going for your first ever run around the park. Literally running errands all over town. Running for the finish line and your personal best. If you run, you're a runner. Find the shoes and clothes to run your way at newbalance.com slash running. New Balance. Run your way. Hear that? It's the sound of someone whacking the ground with a rake. Specifically, they're beating around the bush, which we've done enough of in this ad too, so let's get right to it. The new moneymaker scratch-off from the Ohio Lottery doesn't beat around the bush. Money maker. Play the game and you could win money, up to $2 million. With more than $88 million in prizes, ranging from $50 to $500, Moneymaker cuts right to the cash. Lottery players are subject to Ohio laws and commission regulations. Play responsibly. In 1730, the Cheyenne people introduced horses to the Lakota Nation, which transformed them from fur traders into successful buffalo hunters. And in turn, this transformed their culture— the buffalo became the center of their lifestyle. Buffalo meat was a staple of their diet. The sheer amount taken from a single bull could last for months. Buffalo fur could be used for every type of clothing or covering imaginable, and the hides made for equally useful receptacles, tents, and more. This is to say nothing of the animal's bones, which were used in all manner of tools and weaponry. Considering that almost everything in Lakota life came from the buffalo, they were greatly revered and even considered a brother or part of the tribe. The animal was perceived as a sacrificial gift so that others could live. According to the National Park Service, a white buffalo was the most sacred animal possible among the Lakota. White buffalo signaled rebirth and renewal, a transition from darker times into a time of prosperity. It is through these beliefs and traditions that the origin of the white buffalo calf woman arose. Sometimes known by the name Tay San Win, the white buffalo calf woman is depicted as a human incarnation of the buffalo. She is a healer who brings messages from the ancestors meant to inspire strength and encourage creation. As such, she is one of the most important figures in Lakota mythology, akin to a Prometheus or Shiva who sparks human civilization. But to tell her story, we begin not with Tay San Win herself, but with a chief and two eager hunters. Long ago, a massive celebration joined the various tribes of the Lakota together. This summer festival was led by the chief of the Dazi Picho, Standing Hollow Horn. This summer, like every summer, we join together to celebrate our unity as a nation. Spend time with your families and friends. Eat, drink, enjoy. The chief sat down with his family around a small fire. They ate flavored buffalo jerky, known as pemmican, in addition to yams, berries, and corn. The chief watched as the children ran around the plains from fire pit to fire pit. Men and women, both young and old, danced about. He grinned at the sound of their laughter. But when he looked to the edge of the campsite, his smile 
faded, he saw two young hunters approaching from the woods. They were empty-handed. He walked out to meet them. You could not find any game today? Well, some days we have better luck than others, I suppose. Tomorrow we will send two other men out to hunt. Uh, Come now, take some food and rest tonight. As the men sat down to eat, the chief returned to the celebration. He tried to enjoy the dancing and laughter as before, but he could not shake a feeling of dread that was building inside. On the other side of the campsite, another pair of young hunters sat in a secluded area. Akichita, the older and sharper of the two, smiled at the festivities. Enape, younger and stronger, stared intently at the female dancers. Akichita noticed this and shook his head with amusement. Enape smiled back at his friend. This summer, I'm going to find my wife. Is that so? Of course. Last summer, you were the lucky one. This time, it's my turn. Then perhaps you should be out there dancing, not talking with me. (laughs) You have seen me dance. I would drive away far more women than I would attract. (laughs) Too true. However, once you bring home your first game, all the maidens will take interest. Is that how Zonta fell in love with you? That, in addition to my many other charming qualities. (laughs) (laughs) Enape watched as his friend left him by the fire to dance with his wife. Akichita approached Zonta who smiled as her husband put his hand on her pregnant belly. That night was the first celebration of the summer, and it would be the last night any of them slept soundly for a long while. As the summer dragged on, it became clear that the buffalo had disappeared. Each morning, the chief would send the young, strong men of the tribe to find them. Each night, the men would return to the campsite empty-handed and dejected. The chief grew worried as he looked at their diminishing supply of food. One night, he approached Akichita when Zanta was not around. Akichita, last summer you brought home more game than any other hunter. I know you wish to stay here with your pregnant wife, but I ask that you go out onto the plains again for the good of the tribe. My chief... I do not know that I will have any more luck than the other hunters. If there are no buffalo, then it doesn't matter how skilled I am. All I ask is that you try. Perhaps you will find success at tracking where others have failed. As the two continued their discussion, Enape approached, having overheard the conversation. Chief Standing Hollowhorn, let me join Akichita on the hunt. Enape, you are young. And if I'm being honest, a mediocre hunter. You will only slow Akichita down. I have grown stronger this year. Please, give me a chance to redeem myself. Though I do not know if we will be successful, I would be happy to have Anape at my side in the hunt. The fate of our nation is in your hands, Akichita. If you do not succeed in finding buffalo for food and fur, I fear we will not survive the summer. That much is clear. Anape and I will do everything we can. The chief nodded, though he looked back at Anape with doubt as he walked away. If Akichita was wrong, then they would all die. 
Next, Akichita and Enape begin their journey. This episode is brought to you by State Farm. You might say all kinds of stuff when things go wrong, but these are the words you really need to remember. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. They've got options to fit your unique insurance needs, meaning you can talk to your agent to choose the coverage you need, have coverage options to protect the things you value most, file a claim right on the State Farm mobile app, and even reach a real person when you need to talk to someone. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Now back to the story. Many years ago, the Lakota Nation was distraught to find that the buffalo had disappeared from the plains. Thinking to save his tribe, Chief Standing Hollowhorn tasked their best hunter, Akichita, with finding the buffalo. But Akichita insisted on bringing his friend, the unseasoned Enape. Whether the young hunters would be able to rise to the challenge remained to be seen. That night, Anape tossed and turned in his tent, barely able to sleep with the weight of the next day's journey on his shoulders. He appreciated Akichita's confidence and didn't want to let him down. What's more, he knew that a successful hunt would make him the most desirable man in the tribe. In his own tent, Akichita told Zonta that he would have to leave the next day. She began to cry. It is too dangerous. The sun is hot and you will have limited food and water. The chief specifically requested I be sent out and I will not be going alone. Enape is not ready. Yes, he may be physically stronger than he was before, but mentally this journey will be too much for him. If something happens, I fear he will not be able to help you. I believe in him, and I trust him with my life. The other men who have come back say there is no buffalo to be found. Why do you think you will be victorious when they were not? Because they did not have the thought of you to guide them, or the thought of our baby. Please be careful, Akiteta. I promise I will be. That night, Akichita watched his pregnant wife fall asleep. He knew that he could not fail. And as such, he would not be able to keep his promise to be careful. He and Anape would have to go to the ends of the earth to find the buffalo. The next morning, Akichita and Anape packed their belongings and enough food to last them for three days. Akichita said goodbye to his pregnant wife, Zonta, and the two brave hunters left the campsite at dawn. Akichita's eyes were sharp as he looked for signs of herds. His ears were on high alert, but he shook his head and looked at Anape. Last year, it only took a few hours to find buffalo. We would find one, usually alone, then quietly follow on foot until it led us to the rest of his herd. One day of hunting led to a week's worth of food. Last year, my footsteps were too loud. It would always scare them away. (laughs) Ah, yes, I remember. You are much quieter this year. 
I have been practicing. The hunters kept walking, keeping high alert for any sign that buffalo were near. The dirt beneath their feet was dry, and there weren't enough trees to shade them from the brutal sun. They ventured across the flat plains in hopes they would stumble upon a watering hole. Hours went by, and when the sun started to set, they made a small campfire for themselves. Akichita rubbed his hands close to the flames. Even if Zanta births a daughter, I'll still train her to hunt. She'll be the best hunter our tribe has ever seen. (laughs) She'll make the chief proud. When I find a wife, we'll have many sons. First, I'll teach them how to be quiet and sneaky. Then, I'll teach them how to be strong and fast. They'll be smart, so they'll learn quickly. Then you must plan on taking an intelligent wife. Otherwise, I don't know where their sharp minds will come from. (laughs) The two hunters chatted through the night, trying not to think about their lack of success. They hoped that the next day might prove more fruitful. As worried as they were, their bodies were so exhausted from the day's work that they fell asleep in no time. The second day of their journey proved to be more difficult than the first. The sun was hotter, and they struggled to find much shade. Sources of water were few and far between, and once more, there was no sign of the buffalo. As the sun set that night, Akichita and Anape stopped at the foot of a large hill. Tomorrow morning, we'll climb to the top and see if we can spot any buffalo from there. Akichita, we are running out of food and water. Climbing the hill will take all day. I worry we don't have enough resources for the journey back. I owe it to Zanta and to my child to do everything in my power to find the buffalo. And you asked the chief to take a chance on you. You asked me to take a chance on you. How can you quit? You are right, of course. We climb the hill tomorrow, as you said. That night, there was no jovial discussion, no hopeful dreams. The next morning, Akichita and Anape packed up their belongings and began the trek up the large hill. Anape was doubtful they would find anything at the top, but Akichita cast all doubt from his mind. This had to work. Finally, they reached the top of the hill. It is as I feared. There are no buffalo in sight. This has all been for nothing. I... You might be right. Perhaps I was a fool to make us climb. But none of the other men even made it this far. If we climb back down and keep walking... Yes, let's keep walking until we fall off the edge of the world. That will do the tribe so much good. How can you be so callous? If you spend as much time thinking as you do running that mouth of yours... As they continued to argue, dark, daunting clouds began to form overhead. Anape looked up at the looming storm. Akichita continued to fume, at a loss for what to do next. But as the dark clouds thickened, a sudden crack of thunder revealed the white buffalo, and then the mysterious woman. Her long, flowing black hair blew in the wind. Her gaze was stern and powerful. Enape was speechless, completely enraptured at this young maiden's beauty. 
Akichita broke the silence. Excuse us, young maiden. We are hunters from the Lakota Nation. Have you seen any buffalo? We thought we saw one in the distance, but then you appeared. Forgive us. We are quite tired and perhaps are not seeing clearly. The young maiden smiled, her white teeth reflecting the beams of light that peeked through the clouds. Enape took a step closer to the maiden. Akichita followed warily. His eyes widened when he looked at her feet. They were not touching the ground, but rather hovering. Akichita grabbed Enape's arm to stop him from getting any closer. Anape, wait! There is something different about this maiden. She does not look like any normal woman. She is the most beautiful creature I have ever laid eyes on. We do not know her intentions. She could be here to harm us. Nonsense! This is fate! This woman could be my wife! No, Anape. I do not think she is a human woman. Look at her feet! They are hovering above the ground! She is not like us! I love her all the same! Enape broke free of Akichita's grasp. He stopped once he was just an arm's distance from the ethereal woman. Please do not come any closer. Who are you? I was sent by the Great Spirit to help the people of the Lakota Nation. I come bearing gifts. How did you find us? I've been waiting here for you to find me. No other men have journeyed this far. You are the brave hunters I was sent to find. Anape, did you hear that? She has come to save us, to give us a gift. Food, perhaps, to bring back home. But as Akichita looked at his friend, he found Anape's eyes were not just filled with awe, but with lust. Don't look at her like that, Anape. She was sent by the Great Spirit. Surely this woman is Wakan. Holy, she is here to help us, to save us. She could be our last chance. I have no cruel intentions toward this woman, but she is too beautiful. I must try to show my interest. You are risking everything. You already have your wife. I am simply following my heart. The beauty of the floating, ethereal woman enraptured Anape. His eyes bore into her white, buckskin outfit, entranced by the way it shone in the bright sun. Her thick, dark hair blew in the wind, framing her face. Fueled by lust, Enape approached. As he stepped forward, he reached out a hand. No! Don't touch her! Stop! But it was too late. Just as the lustful Enape was about to touch the woman's hand, the dark clouds engulfed him. She remained still as her black eyes looked down on the weak hunter. For the first time since the woman appeared, Enape looked away from her and back at his friend. What's happening to me? Please, help me! Akitsuta, please, help! Next, we discover Enape's fate. Now, back to the story. After a long journey to find the missing buffalo herds, Lakota hunters Akichita and Anape discovered a strange, mystical woman atop a hill. But Anape, overcome with lust, foolishly attempted to touch her. He was immediately engulfed in dark clouds. 
Akichita tried to reach out to pull an ape away, but the cloud grew larger and darker until it blackened the entire sky. Thunder came from above, and then a single bolt of lightning came from the clouds and struck an ape right in the heart. Ah! Anape! No! The clouds swept over Anape's body so he was no longer visible to Akichita, but slowly they began to vanish, and Akichita was horrified to see that Anape's body was burnt to a crisp. His flesh dissolved, and all that remained were his bones. Akichita took a step back from the bones as the clouds disappeared completely. What have you done? Your friend's motives were lecherous. This kind of disrespect will not be tolerated. Do you have similar intentions? Tears fell from Akichita's eyes as he collapsed to his knees and bowed his head to the ground. (sighs) Please, Wakan. Please don't hurt me. I mean you no harm. My friend did not want to listen. But I have a wife who is with child. My people are suffering, and I'm only trying to help them. I just need to find some food. No need to plead with me. I can see it in your eyes that you are noble and brave. For that, I am grateful. The woman glided toward the kneeling hunter. In return, Akichita stood up and faced her. He wiped away his tears, held his head high, and pulled his shoulders back. I must atone for my tribe-mate's actions. Please, tell me how I can be of service. I have a gift to impart on the Lakota Nation. A gift that will ensure your survival. I will visit your tribe at sunrise. But first, you must tell them of my arrival, so that they might prepare properly. Of course, Wakan. How must we prepare? Build a medicine lodge with 24 poles. Once this is done, cover the floor with sage. In the center, place a buffalo skull. As soon as this medicine lodge is prepared, you can expect my arrival. 24 poles. Is that a problem? It can be done, but it will take many hands. And I fear the tribe will not believe me when I tell them what I've seen. I have been walking in the blistering heat for three days. They will think I have simply gone mad. If you could give me a token to bring back, perhaps some food, to show them that you are real? You've maintained your faith this far. I trust that you will be able to inspire others. I cannot argue. At least let me tell of this great gift you will bring that will save the tribe. You shall see. Wait! But before Akichita was able to get any more information from this mysterious woman, the dark clouds reappeared. Just as quickly as the white buffalo calf woman appeared, she vanished. Akichita collected the bones of his lost friend and journeyed back over the hill to his tribe. He ran as fast as he could, never stopping to rest. He grew lightheaded from the heat, but he was determined to make it home. Just as the sun had set, Akichita arrived back at the campsite. Once news of his arrival spread throughout the tents, the entire community looked on, 
to see if he was victorious in his hunt. Akinsita, my love! Zanta! As the two lovers embraced, the chief approached. When he saw that Akichita had not brought back any buffalo meat, he shook his head in despair. No food, Akichita? You were our last hope. Two of our elders have fallen ill while you were gone. We do not have the food to care for them properly. We have already rationed as much as we can. Things became complicated. There was a... A woman. A woman? You have nothing to fear, my love. I would not touch her with a ten-foot buffalo horn. She was a natural. Her feet didn't reach the ground, and her eyes held more wisdom than any elder. She was a Wakan. A holy woman? Why did you not bring her back with you? She's coming. At sunrise tomorrow morning. She has given us very specific instructions. Akichita then went on to explain everything that the woman had told him. He gave them all the precise details, the 24 poles, the sage, the buffalo skull. But then, inevitably, the conversation turned to the subject of Enape. I sent you and Enape into the hills, and yet only you return. Is Enape still with the woman? Enape... Enape is... No more. Was he killed during the hike? No, he, he... He was unable to control himself in the Wakan's presence. I warned him against acting on these thoughts, but he could not resist. I tried to save him, but the woman... She would not tolerate disrespect. That fool! I warned you he was not ready. How do you know this spirit isn't coming here to destroy us all? Anape died trying to save our tribe. We should show him the respect he failed to show the Wakan. I cannot promise that she won't harm us, but I can promise there is no escaping her. I have seen her power. It seems you have left us with no choice. On the chief's command, all the people of the Lakota Nation began the immense task of building the Medicine Lodge. They labored all through the night. Not even the children slept, for their little hands were also put to work. They traveled to a nearby grove and cut timber, which they then measured out and whittled down into 24 equal poles. They deconstructed some of their tents and used the hides to cover the poles and create the lodge. Inside, they made sure that the entire floor was a bed of sage. The fragrant aroma immediately filled the space. It was almost oppressive to those who stayed inside too long. Finally, they placed the buffalo skull, which luckily was left over from a hunt of many months ago. Once the medical lodge was finished, Akichita and Zanta took Inape's burnt bones to the outskirts of the campsite and wrapped them tightly in a blanket, which they buried beneath a tree. If she could do this to our friend, how do you know she won't do the same to the rest of us? I cannot lie to you, my love. I do not know what she intends. But she had a reason for harming Inape. She has no reason for harming us. I believe that she was sent to us by the Great Spirit, as she says. I worry what she is bringing is a curse, not a gift. Trust me, Zanta. With my life. 
Akichita and Zanta returned to the medicine teepee. There were many blistered and bleeding hands from the construction of the poles. Akichita and the chief stood at the front of the crowd as they watched the sun appear over the horizon. Mothers held their babies to their chests as the elders sat and looked on in anticipation. Even the children were completely silent as they waited. But as the silence grew longer, the chief grew impatient. Perhaps she has changed her mind. Just wait. The sun has just risen. She has a long journey to find us. And we have labored all through the night to prepare for her. Nobody has slept. They are exhausted. I'm telling everyone to go and get their rest. Wait! I think I see something! Akichita turned and peered in the direction his wife pointed, squinting against the blinding sunlight. On the horizon, he saw a white figure surrounded by clouds, lumbering toward them at a leisurely gait. A smile spread across his face as he realized what it was. A white buffalo. But the chief had now seen it too. Quick! Ready the hunters! Wait! It's not what you think! We cannot harm it! Akitata, we have been waiting for weeks for any sign of a buffalo. Now one presents itself and you wish me to wait? You have trusted me so far. I beg you, trust me a moment more. It will not be long now. The crowd rippled with shock. Akichita and Chief Standing Hollowhorn turned toward the white buffalo again, but it was gone. In its place was the young maiden with her thick black hair, sharp eyes, and knowing smile. She hovered over the ground as the Lakota Nation welcomed her. Hunter, I am most pleased to see that your people trusted in your wisdom. The medicine lodge looks more than adequate. It was built exactly according to your demands. She moved toward it, continuing to hover. All were overcome with reverence as she passed. They dropped to their knees in supplication. As she continued toward the lodge, the tribe rose up and followed her. The chief and Akichita led the way. Soon they arrived at the tent flap, which the woman lifted then turned to smile at the Lakota. Shall we get started? The chief gave Akichita a nervous look, and together they entered the lodge. Thanks again for tuning in to Mythology. We'll be back Tuesday with a new episode on the White Buffalo Calf Woman. You can find more episodes of Mythology and all other ParCast originals for free on Spotify. Not only does Spotify already have all of your favorite music, but now Spotify is making it easy for you to enjoy all of your favorite ParCast originals, like Mythology, for free from your phone, desktop, or smart speaker. To stream Mythology on Spotify, just open the app, tap Browse, and type Mythology in the search bar. If you enjoy Mythology, you'll love my other podcast, Tales. Tales presents fairy tales the way they were originally told, orally and unadulterated. Traditional fairy tales aren't exactly suitable for children, and every other Saturday, we dive into another dark, classic tale. And don't forget to follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Parcast and Twitter 
at Parcast Network. We'll be back next week with the conclusion to this epic tale. Mythology is a Spotify original from Parcast. Executive producers include Max and Ron Cutler, sound design by Michael Langsner, with production assistance by Ron Shapiro, Trent Williamson, Carly Madden, Maggie Admire, and Paul Mahler. This episode of Mythology was written by Monisha Dadlani and produced by Freddie Beckley. The amazing cast of voice actors includes Mike Capozzi, Marcy Edwards, Brian Green, Sky King, Harris Markson, Samantha Moore, and Charlie Wess. I'm Vanessa Richardson. Vanessa Richardson.